Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, Proof here again. I want to let you know that you want to protect yourself against this upcoming food shortage that's about to happen. I know with all this COVID stuff that growing your own food is going to be extremely important right now. So I want to introduce you to my friends over at groundwithagarden.com and you can get yourself hooked up with a vertical garden that you can grow inside or outside of your house. So if you have a back patio or you don't have room outside, you can grow in either way. And I have a bunch of stuff growing on mine. I have pictures to share. I love this thing. This is the best garden and most successful that I've ever had for gardening for my own self. So let me give you the website again, groundwithagarden.com. That's groundwithagarden.com. My fellow Americans, it looks like some things have changed. Are we doing a good enough job teaching our children what America is and what she represents? If you want an abortion, get one! Younger parents aren't sure that an appreciation of America is the right thing to teach modern children. We're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. When I drive into a neighborhood and there are American flags, it's a message of white supremacy. I'm warning of an eradication of the American memory that could result in an erosion of the American spirit. We need to completely dismantle the police department. If we forget what we did, we won't know who we are. We've got to do a better job of getting across that America is free, and freedom is special and rare. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of enterprise. As long as we remember our first principles and believe in ourselves, the future will always be ours. Ours was the first revolution in the history of mankind that truly reversed the course of government and with three little words. We, the people. We, the people, are free. Once you begin a great movement, there's no telling where it'll end. Good evening, Paul. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? That, that was one sexy picture of you that you posted. Oh, geez, people will get the wrong idea. Uh, thank you, <laughs> but I'm fully clothed. Uh, don't get the wrong idea. Oh, <laughs> you there in the world. Always people that get the wrong idea. You know that. Anyway, we are D and C, delivering the truth and exposing the lies. My my cat is sitting here. You would think that uh, he was part of the radio show. He's sitting right next to me, staring at the screen. Just He's almost kind of dozing. So I, I hope we're not boring him that much. It's kind of funny. Well, it's cute. It is funny, and the cat, well, the cat's part of the show now that you mentioned the cat, right? The cat's yeah, right with us. Just, 
just never leaves my side. Never leaves my side. So what a plethora of junk this week, huh? Um, I want to thank Russ for being on the show last week. That was very enlightening and very interesting. And I don't know if you had a chance to be able to follow his page or his or friend him, um, but he always has a ton of information on the chemtrails. So you can catch uh, uh, that podcast and the rest of our podcast on iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Freedomizer Radio, and um, and uh, uh, Apple. So, you know, we're on there. And, yeah. And the ratings go through the Yeah, I'm on his website. His website's really cool. I would like to, if I could, for listeners who have uh, tuned in for the last couple of weeks, you have been discussing the uh, – not just the wildfires in Hawaii, but wildfires in general, and uh, the question of whether or not they're more uh, common in occurrence or severe in uh, in their quality, I guess, severe in their, well, whatever, their damage. Um, and I was able to find a little information. Uh, I've been able to find a website called thevisualcapitalist.com. I don't know anything about it. It's just where I happened to find this. They have a, uh, from 1990 to today, so basically for the past three decades, uh, incidents of fires in the United States, and then the number of acres burned uh, for each year. Uh, The average is 70,000 wildfires a year, and the average, according to them, is 5.8 million acres of land each year for the past 30 Hmm. years. And just to give people a few, a few specifics on this, and again, uh, you can put it into a search engine, but it's visualcapitalist.com. So in 1990, they report 66,000 fires and that burned mm-hmm. 4.2 million acres of land. In 92, there were 87,000 fires, but only burned 2 million acres of land. It kind of goes on mm-hmm. like this for a while. Uh, now, let's bring it up to, say, the sticky year 2003. We had 63,000 fires, 3.9 million acres of land burned. Then you see a, a sharp increase. Uh, 2004, 5, and 6 each have 8 or 9 million acres of land burned. Same thing with 2007. And then we'll go to, in 2020, they had 59,000 fires and 10 million acres of land burned, so that's higher than we're going up. Uh, And then for 2021, last, uh, the the most recent year for which they have data, 43,000 fires and 5 million acres of land burned. So according to this, over the past three decades, uh, it's been, I mean, it goes up and down, but it's kind of been in a similar sort of range. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, that's some actual statistics for people. Now, this does not take any important factors into account, it does, and su- such as like particularly reasons that somebody might target and be starting fires on purpose. It doesn't say proximity to uh, factories or farmland, right? Things that they might be uh, somebody who might hate America might try to target uh-huh. to try to hurt the people. Uh, so it doesn't say yeah. anything like that. That's just some information that I think listeners can, uh, well, can ingest. If they want to learn more, I welcome them to do so. Over to you. Interesting stuff. And, you know, and, you know I have to take the opposite end on it because I get most of my information and, uh, from Telegram. 
because that's an uncensored platform. And, you know, they, they some of the stuff on there, you know, points towards obviously arson or even direct energy weapons. Um, and some of the information that's coming out about it is um, it, it's pretty disturbing, you know, and, and, and showing videos of people that were trying to leave the area and they were literally being blockaded in. So I think there's a lot more, um, I think there's a lot of uh, information that we're just not being told about it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. You know, I, and I mentioned this last week, when I was a kid, what was that? What was that? Uh, Big Bear, what was his name? Uh, you know, Smokey don't the start forest. Well, who was it? Smokey the Bear. Smokey the Bear was his name. Only you can prevent forest fires. Yeah, yeah, only you can. But, um, but is anybody, you know, actually not preventing them but creating them is the ultimate question. But, you know, my conspiracy point of hat just continues to grow. And um, sadly, it's uh, sadly it hasn't been that wrong, which is kind of disturbing. So to move on, if you're ready to move on from that subject, I want to talk about what really the hot subject is uh, that's going on right now, and that is they are trying to once again push this COVID variant crap. Now. How coincidental that it has started. Of course, they had the GOP uh, Republican Party um, debate last night, which I didn't watch because I'm to the point where I don't think any politician is going to fix us because it's just whatever. But, um, you know, that was the whole talk today. And it's interesting how this variant is now appearing right around that time. But, uh, you know, people are talking about bringing back the mask, which... I never complied in the first place, and I can shit sure assure you I'm not going to comply this time. So I, I'm curious because in New York, they're really starting to push this. They're talking about bringing them into the nursing homes again. I was talking to um, a friend of mine who is a neurologist, and they said that at a large facility here, they're going to be bringing them back at the beginning of beginning middle of September. Uh, you know, there's a lot of articles coming out. And, of course, big fat media is pushing this narrative, you know, because now they're going to be coming out with a booster for, you know, your next variant. Even though they've already proven that people that have gotten the jab are sicker than ever, let's go get another one. It might finish you off this time. So what is the, what's the um, buzz in your area as far as this new variant? Sure. So as listeners, uh, listeners may know, Diana does her, uh, we're in different states. We're not in the same room. She's in the western New York, greater Buffalo area of New York State, and I am in Morgantown, West Virginia, just south of the Pennsylvania border uh, in West Virginia. And here there is, I mean, what? You know what I mean by my reaction to what you just said? I heard everything you said. But, but it's just so, uh, like, there's nothing like that here at all. <laughs> this is planet Earth, right? And you're living in, like, crazy Mars, New York. New York State's a freak show. That's one of the reasons I left. That's one of the reasons I love New York State. That place is a, that place is a zoo. Um, yeah, this is yeah. planet Earth. And so Diana said, uh, she said that they're bringing out this uh, this scheme or something again. 
I'm just going to state it a different way. What they're doing is they're bringing out an IQ test. That's what they're yeah, doing. Right. They're your <laughs> IQ. You don't have to be that bright, you don't have to be that bright to figure this out. The first time they've tried to scam uh, the COVID monster, it was I mean, maybe you didn't know at first. Now we know that uh, the medical doctor out of, the, who, uh, out of Stanford, who eventually worked in the Trump administration briefly but couldn't get anything done, Scott Atlas, Dr. Scott Atlas, and a partner put out a study using actuarial tables from life insurance companies, which showed, and this was in like April or May of 2020, that already at that point, the shutdowns had cost several hundred thousand life years of human life. Mm-hmm. Whereas the actual official death count from the COVID monster at that point was probably like 10,000 or something. For the whole year, one-tenth of 1% of Americans were officially, according to the CDC, were killed by the COVID monster. That's how much 360,000 is out of 330 million people. It's one-tenth of 1%. It is nobody. It is statistically negligible amount. Now, you have to remember, the mask requests weren't even in effect in all the states. And in the states where they had the mask requests, not everybody complied. Diana said she didn't comply. I lived in New York State at the time. I never wore one of those silly masks. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The, the shutdowns are the virus, right? Compliance with nonsense really is the virus. So let's stop the spread, yeah? Uh, and just to really finish answering your question, like you just said, basically, like, yeah, so they're telling people to wear masks. You know, businesses are starting to get ready for, you know, having to only have three people in their store and still pay 100% taxes. Uh, nothing like that's happening here at all is, is the answer. Absolutely nothing like that's going on here at all. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I have um, a friend of mine that, um, you know, she sadly lost her job this week um, unexpectedly um, at a car dealership. And she was there for a couple of years, so she was poking around online for jobs. And she sent me a screenshot of um, a job in New York State for contact tracing. I don't know if you remember the contact tracing thing, but they tried pulling that nonsense here with, you know, people that were exposed to to COVID or whatever else. And then they'd call you and say, oh, you know, you're a threat to society. You've got to, you know, stay in the house. And, uh you know, she saw that and she was like, she, you know, she goes, I feel like literally applying and then running around and telling everybody the truth. But, uh, you know, it was like 50 bucks an hour or something. It was insane amount of money. So they are pushing that narrative again. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And uh, I, you just, you'd have to be deaf, dumb and stupid to believe this. I mean, we've gone a year now or so without wearing people wearing diapers on their face and then we're going to go back to it. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. It was proven. On the same I don't mean to interrupt you. Just on the same subject. So let's talk. Have we seen this before? The answer, of course, is yes. Have we seen right. uh, people uh, or or the state or government or whatever some scam, uh, some small group of people attempting to pull a flagrant falsehood over the citizens. And, of course, we've seen that many times, many times. And it's just very interesting. I was going to talk, so Dustin and I don't plan, I mean, we have some communication before the show, but the show is unscripted, and we both sort of, it's sort of like the, you hear stories about the Beatles, 
like, you know, Paul would write his, you know, six songs and John would write his six songs and bring each other up and they'd go in with, you know, each of them separately with their songs and they come in and make the record. And that's kind of what Diana and I do. Diana comes in with her stuff, I come in with my stuff, and we come in and we make the show. Well, wouldn't you know it? Yeah. I had a few quotes ready to go on this subject from China. Now, this is China. During the uh, – this is post-Mao, okay, Mao Zedong. If you don't know out there, he took over in the mid-19th century – excuse me, the mid-20th century uh, with what was mm. called liberation. It was, called, it was sold as the liberation of the masses, which, of course, just meant their enslavement. It brought total and complete socialism, government ownership. They seized – the means of production, which, of course, government just means the, the handful of individuals who are holding the seats in the government at that time. So really it just means a gang took over and stole, appropriated everybody's private property in the whole country. In practice, in real life with real people and real money, that's what actually happens. So if you vote for socialism, just mm-hmm. the mess to, quote, save lives and then vote for socialism. Socialism killed more people in the 20th century alone alone, not including wars fought over socialism, then the entirety of every disease in, the, of, in all of recorded human history, I'm not exaggerating that, that is correct. I'm going to say that again. Socialism killed more people in the 20th century alone, not including like World War II, not including wars fought over socialism at all, than all mm-hmm. of the diseases in the entirety of recorded human history combined, including the COVID monster. Now, listen to this. This is from 1989. So what happened is Mao Zedong died in the mid-70s. And then the party was still in power. Deng Xiaoping took Deng, Deng took power. And uh, at that point, they started to what I call loosen the grip on the winged pipe of the, of the economy, right, of the populace. So they have, it, they have it as tight as you can be, vice grip tight uh, with regulation and taxation. And they just sort of loosen it up a little bit. And, and whenever you see that grip loosen, you see the conditions get better for everybody. Commerce goes up. Conditions for the least moneyed people improve the fastest uh, and greatest of all. So this is now 1989. In 1989 is a famous event in Tiananmen Square. Uh, you can, you've probably seen it out there uh, on television specials and things, the, the footage of the tank rolling through and the single little man in front of it standing up to the tank, and the tank stops. Uh, there was a demonstration. Now, there was actually a massacre, but everyone sees that footage of the tank stopping for the man. And so it was a major landmark event. So right after that happened, there was a huge, the the hand tightened up, okay, right around the windpipe again. And we have a man from inside China stating, quote, it's just like the Cultural Revolution again, which occurred in the 1960s, said Tang. He could only identify himself as Tang because he didn't want them to come find him. Remember, they assigned your housing, they assign your food. They know where you are, and they can. They, they know everything about you. They control everything that you have, every item. Yeah. And so it goes on. This, this communist party wants to control everything. It's all they are good at. If they say the students are counter-revolutionaries, then you must say they are counter-revolutionaries. If they say no one was killed, then no one was killed, end quote. It's the same thing with the COVID monster. If they say that this is going to kill you and everybody that you know, uh, if you don't comply with our nonsense, if you don't pay more taxes, the COVID monster is going to kill you and everybody you know, then you must say that that is true, even though it's false. And it's, 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 just, it's the same old song, the same old story. Um, over to you, Diana. Yeah. 
I agree. And, you know, and, and what they're doing over there and what they did during COVID over there, kind of what you just mentioned, what they were doing that long ago, you know, they're currently doing it. I mean, they were ripping people out of their houses. You know, they were killing their animals on the street. They were quarantining them. If they thought they were a threat, they were, you know, testing them in the streets. I mean, you know, they weren't allowed to leave their apartment complexes. I mean, I don't know if you recall that one apartment complex that burned down because all the people were in there. They wouldn't let them out because they were, uh, you know, supposedly in quarantine. I mean, th- th- that shit is sick. And and I don't think that people realize that, you know, if we don't get it together here, that's what's coming here because our rights here have slowly disintegrated. And, and you know, this whole COVID, as you're calling it, COVID monster, um, has been one, I, I feel like it's just been one big test run to see what, people are going to do and now they're going to try to do that again with you know this variant so it's yes i i i i concur with your uh uh your suspicion i mean it seems obvious and flagrant you know it's crazy like so 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 and i said at the time which was not a very brilliant or, or profound statement but in 2020 i remarked this whole thing would be going very differently if there weren't so many people running for president who currently hold yeah. political offices, who currently hold political offices, including the current president. And that was a bit, yeah. so what they did was, was the bad guys shut down the economy on purpose, tanked it on purpose, hoping that nobody would realize that, and then they could blame it on the current administration, which happened to be the Trump administration. But it could have been any administration, it doesn't matter. Uh, it just happened to be the Don Trump administration. And so what happened was basically they said, okay, we're forbidding you from going to work. We're forbidding productivity, and we're paying people to fail. We're over, and we're and we're taking the money supply and just exponentially increasing it. So they're manufacturing inflation. They manufacture unemployment. They pay people to riot in the streets, so it goes and damages private property. Uh, and then they say, look how bad the economy is. Look what a bad job the current administration is doing. With and just no respect at all. None for the people upon whom they're attempting to uh, to uh, foist this uh, this fiction. And frankly, so many people proved that they don't deserve any re- to be respected at all. I mean, such a person does not deserve to be respected. If someone pees on your leg and tells you it's raining uh, every day for like a year and you never figure it out, and I mean, I guess you deserve to be treated that way, unfortunately. Um, but frankly, yeah. I think people are... People are capable of better. They just choose. They choose not to do better. And Diana's right on. What they're doing is they're saying, hey, let's, let's, let's pull it out there again. It worked last time. We'll see if we can do it this time. And what they're doing is just assaulting private property. They're creating a yeah. fictitious crisis, calamity, and, and trying to get people to voluntarily, like you just said, the, the tracer thing. I heard about that. So everybody's got a cell phone, one of these, one of these devices, and it has a GPS uh, thing, unit on it, GPS uh, mechanism yeah. on it. So what you need to do is give us, government, the state, uh, your consent to just flagrantly and openly know where you are at all times and to tell you if you don't like where you are at that time, and we'll come get you and arrest you. And this is, preci- this is Maoist. This is precise. They didn't have the technology, but that's exactly what they were doing in China at the time. And this is, this is preci- which, by the way, starved, starved the populace, killed people. The Great Famine during what's called the Great Leap Forward, just prior to the Cultural Revolution, 
cause 45 million Chinese people to die of starvation in a two-year, in a three-year period, from 59 to 61. 45 million people. The COVID monster killed 360,000 in the United States in 2020, according to the CDC. I mean, this is this is small potatoes. It's socialism is what kills. This is what they're trying to go after. They're trying to take, get you to voluntarily give up your rights. And never forget, we talk about shackle. I talk about shackle the state and unshackle the populace. The state yeah. in the United States has been taking the people's money at an ever increasing rate, an ever increasing proportion. Ten percent of GDP or total government spending, all the way up until the earliest 20, early 20th century. Then it then it doubles to 20 percent during the New Deal. By the end of the Great Society programs, we've gone up to 30% of GDP taken by the government every year. Uh, by, the, by the 1990s, we were up to 40% of GDP. And, and frankly, we get close to 45-ish, near 50% since the turn of the century. It's been a proportion yeah. of GDP. The, the working definition of slavery is 51% of income. And so the United States citizens working as, under the present definition of slavery are just, are almost, almost, just quite not enslaved by the state. And it's all going in the wrong direction. So I think Diana's right. The answer is just say, just, just say no. Like the 80s drug uh, campaign message, just, just say no to nonsense. And they take the, come out with a yeah. silly mask, tell them to it. You know, I'm not wearing your silly mask. That's it. And um, that's, that's, I mean, what are they going to, that's, that's really what they just, just say no, pass the IQ test. And, and I'll only go take a long walk off the bridge. Over to you. And that's just it. And, you know, a guest is holding, and, and we're going to get into this. Um, I'm going to bring her on in a minute. I just want to explain when we're talking about this contract tracing and we're talking about this quarantine stuff, what they were doing in China, um, which this ties perfectly into our show. And um, Bobby Ann Cox is one of the attorneys in New York State who's working um, with a senator here and an assemblyman here, um, and she's going to explain about this whole quarantine thing. And there's actually a a lawsuit coming up um, in September, and and this is some pretty serious stuff. And and it's interesting how it all is kind of entwining date-wise with this whole new variant coming out and these contact tracers now being rehired again. and, you know, we've had her on the show before, and I'm so honored to have her on again. I'm going to unmute her. And, um, Bobby, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi. I'm so glad and so grateful that you're on with us again. Um, this, is, this is a pretty serious subject. I know we have a lot of people that are listening tonight. We had a lot of emails that were brought in. Um, I don't – I want you to just explain a little bit of, of who you are, um, before we have to go to our first commercial, and then I'm going to bring you back on, kind of like the same routine as last time, um, and then um, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty about, you know, this, this, and this is a serious thing that's coming up in a few weeks. So um, just explain to everybody that hasn't listened in before um, who you are and what you're doing. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Diana. So my name is Bobby Ann Cox, and I'm an attorney here in New York State. Uh, I've been practicing law for 25 years now. And um, last year, I brought a lawsuit against Governor Hochul and her Department of Health uh, and the Commissioner of Health. 
And um, I brought the lawsuit on behalf of a group of New York State legislators, uh, Senator George Borrello, Assemblyman Chris Taig, Congressman Mike Lawler, and um, a citizens group called Uniting New York State. And the, the lawsuit was about Governor Hochul and the Department of Health's regulation, which they called isolation and quarantine procedures. And what that regulation was, was a complete runaround from the legislature. They did not go through the lawmakers. They bypassed the legislature. In fact, they took the power of the legislature and they made this rule. They called it a rule or a regulation, but really it was a law. Um, it changed policy. Um, we already have a quarantine law in New York State. We've had it for 70 years. Most, if not all states, do have quarantine laws because we do have to be able to protect people when somebody has an infectious disease and they don't know how to properly behave to protect those around them. So we do have quarantine law here in New York. It's Section 2120 of the Public Health Law, but that law has many, many due process protections built into it. Um, this rule that was made by Hochul and her Department of Health had no due process, and I'm going to describe it to your audience now. So they made this rule that said that they could take any New Yorker they wanted, they could pick and choose, and they could either pull you out of your house, they could use the force of police if they wanted, uh, or they could lock you in your home and uh, they didn't have to prove you were infected with a communicable disease. They didn't have to prove you were exposed to a communicable disease. They didn't have to prove anything. And they could have locked you up or locked you down for however long they wanted. There was no time restriction in the regulation. So it could have been days. It could have been weeks. It could have been months. Um, there was no provision on how you got out once you were in lockdown. So what I mean by that is we, we had oral arguments in front of the judge last year at the trial court level, and he asked the attorney general, he said, let's say you take a family, let's say you put them into quarantine somewhere in a facility, you know, let's say a hospital. Once they're in there, how do they get out? And there was a really long pause by the attorney general's office, and then finally he said, well, you know, I guess they could hire a lawyer and they could sue us. So, you know, yes, that, that was the response. That's how you're supposed to get released once the Department of Health locks you up or, or locks you down. Um, so the, the regulation also did not have any age restrictions. So they could have done this to you, but they also could have done this to your child or your grandchild or your ailing parent. Um, and it, it had a provision that said that the Department of Health or the Commissioner of Health could tell you what you could and couldn't do while you were in lockdown. So That's let your mind run free for a minute there. I mean, that could just mean anything, right? I mean, they could have told you what you could eat or when you could eat or if you could eat. They could have told you, you know, where you could sleep, how long you could sleep. Uh, if you could sleep, you know, what medicines you could or couldn't take or had to take or, you know, what vaccines you could, couldn't or had to take. I mean, it was really, really broad language. So, you know, I, I encourage people to let their minds run wild because when there's no restraint on government, <laughs> they can do whatever they want. Um, 
So we sued. Um, we sued in April of last year, 2022, and um, we got a judgment in July of 2022. The court ruled in our favor. The judge struck down the isolation and quarantine regulation as unconstitutional. Um, he said it is it is basically invalid because, uh, in essence, you can't write a regulation or a rule that conflicts with existing New York state law, which, which is the quarantine law, which I referenced earlier, which we've had since 1953. Um, and he said this breaches separation of powers. It's the wrong branch of government. So, you know, the governor and the Department of Health can't make law, and this really was a law. Um, and he also said there was no due process in that regulation. And there wasn't. There, there was absolutely no, you know, our Constitution says you have to have due process protections built into all your laws and all your regulations, all your rules, because the government can't just do whatever they want to its citizens. So you have to have due process protections to make sure that they don't harm their citizens. And this regulation that the Department of Health and Hochul made had zero due process protections. Um, so it, it fails on multiple levels. It, it violated the Constitution in a multitude of ways. Um, and so what happens next? Well, the governor is, you know, running for election last year. So was the Attorney General, Letitia James. So they didn't file their appeal before the election in November. No, they waited till after the election when they both got reelected. And then they filed the appeal. So now I'm fighting them on appeal. They want to overturn that judge's decision and they want to get this heinous power back, which they're not entitled to. And uh, so we have oral arguments now, September 13th um, in Rochester at the appellate division, um, 50 East Street in in Rochester. So, um, you know, I'm encouraging people to come. It's it's you know, the courtroom is open to the public. It's not a rally. It's not a protest. You know, you don't come with signs or anything. It's just if you want to come to the courthouse and listen to the oral arguments, um, they're September 13th, 10 a.m., uh, downtown Rochester. And you can get all the details, all the information on um, the website, unitingnys.com. Is, Uniting NYS is one of my plaintiffs here, and they set up a web page specifically for the case. Um, so you can go to unitingnys.com and you can just click on the lawsuit link and you'll get all the information. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's tremendous that, that, you know, the governor and the department of health just, they're using your tax dollars and they're fighting me tooth and nail. And it's, it's an abomination. It really is. Yeah. And it, and it's not it's not the first subject, and it's not the first time either. Um, I want to ask you, Bobby, how much time do you have tonight? Um, what time does your show run till? Uh, we run until nine. Oh, till nine. Okay, yeah. Um, I can stay on until eight forty. Eight forty. Okay. So uh, we're going to have to hit our first commercial. We have to pay the sponsors, and um, and then I'm going to bring you back on. I have a boatload of questions that came in. Um, through through email and I'm getting some personal text. People have questions and there's there's some concerns. Um, and we already have we have a caller that um, called in that wants to ask a question too. So if you're okay with holding for our crazy commercials, um, Paul, do you have anything you want to add before commercial? 
I'll see you on the other side of the break. All right. Bobby Ann, you just do what you did last time. Just hang tight. And we will be back. DNP delivering the truth, exposing the lies. We will be back in three minutes, guys. Hang tight. Here I am back in January of last year. I just couldn't keep the weight off no matter how many different exercise programs I tried. Now I'm down to my ideal weight, and it's never been easier. All I had to do was vote flu, no matter who. Every time I went to the grocery store, I was with so many different options to choose from. But now, now I'm lucky if I can fill my basket up. I used to be really unhealthy, never got that much exercise. But now that I can't afford to put gas in my car, I have to walk to work. And I have a bonus. bonus. I don't have to worry about being carjacked anymore. You can ditch Tybo and start saying Ty Joe. Come on, man. Remember when no one thought that one year from the election, the Dow would be up 28.5%. You've got very strong growth, a terrific employment market. We have no inflation. Virtually no inflation. Wages climbed 2.7%. The unemployment rate matched the 50-year low. Oil prices dropping today, tumbling more than 3%. President Trump's policies, tax cuts, deregulation, opening energy. Whether you're a blue-collar or white-collar worker, he's taking care of all collars. He is rebuilding this economy in ways experts say was never possible. The Biden administration faces another crisis amid a growing... It is not a pretty picture here at the pump. The price of gas increasing more than 6% over... You're paying more for everything. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is your governor speaking. Today's training evolution, dogfighting, taking on the corporate media. The rules of engagement are as follows. Number one, don't fire unless fired upon. But when they fire, you fire back with overwhelming force. Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill. Number two, never, ever back down from a fight. If I could complete the question, though. So you're going to give a speech or ask a question? Number three, don't accept their narrative. Wrong. It's a fake narrative. I just disabused you of the narrative, and you don't care about the facts. It's why people don't trust people like you, because you peddle false narratives. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get up Okay, we're back. Paul, you're there. Well, I'm here. Hey, and Bobby, you're there too? Yes, I'm here. Okay. So I had a question come in um, from Mike, and he is from the Adirondacks. So that's kind of far away from where I am. Um, and he wants to know, um, can the courts really be trusted in New York State? That's his question. Do you think that the courts can be trusted in New York State? Uh, well, I got a ruling in my favor last year uh, on, on this case, so I'm not sure what <laughs> what that means. Can the courts be trusted? 
you know, we have three branches of government and um, we have the judicial branch, which is the judges and courts. We have the executive branch, which is the governor and uh, all her agencies. And then we have the legislative branch, which is the state senators and state assembly members. Um, each of those three branches has its own powers. They're all supposed to be co-equal. Uh, they're all supposed to work to keep each other in check. And um, the judicial branch is supposed to be, uh, you know, outside politics, and um, it's supposed to rule on the law. Does that happen all the time? I mean, I'm sure there are instances where it doesn't, but I would like to think with something that is so um, important to uh, our freedoms and something of a constitutional nature as this case is, um, that it wouldn't really matter what what judge is sitting on what panel, um, that they would follow the Constitution, uphold the Constitution, and do what's right. Because, um, you know, this is a panel on appeal now. This is a panel of judges. So it'll be five judges hearing this case. Um, whereas last year at the trial court level, it was just one trial court judge. Okay. Yeah. I, maybe he had a bad bad experience in a court or or something like that i don't know i was trying to understand the context of that question too so um i guess maybe you know it is there election fraud i guess that maybe that ties into the same thing but that's a show for another time so um i have another text and this is from a personal friend of mine from my friend jill and she wants to know if they overturn their decision and it does not go in your favor what's the next step after that i mean how i guess what she means is how are they going to implement this what are they going to they're going to start showing up at our door and and taking us away or i mean could you maybe try to i'm not sure how to (laughs) i'm not sure either how that would happen right it's pretty scary to be honest yeah well, if the court um, in Rochester overturns the decision and reinstates that quarantine rule that the, that Hochul and the Department of Health made, then yes, you can definitely get a knock on your door and it can be the sheriff or the police or the Department of Health uh, with an order to take you or take your child or take whoever's in your house and remove you with no proof that you are sick. So. Um, yeah, it, it will it will absolutely open the floodgates for not just the Department of Health, but all the other agencies, Department of Education, Department of Transportation, Department any any of them. Um, it'll send a clear signal to them that hey, look, we don't have to make rules that that are consistent with the Constitution. We we don't have to have due process built into our rules. Uh, we don't we don't have to follow the Constitution. We can do whatever the heck we want because look at what the court did here, right? The, the appellate division, fourth department said, hey, the Department of Health could make this heinous regulation that conflicts with the Constitution, doesn't have any due process, and conflicts with our existing longstanding laws. You know, why can't we just do whatever we want? That's what's exactly what's going to happen. And you're going to see complete and total mayhem. You're going to see agencies doing whatever they want because they're going to then feel empowered because they're going to feel like there's no repercussions. 
So it's very dangerous if the court reverses this decision. It's extremely dangerous. Yeah, and there's been. From, I want to ask a question to, um, to Ms. Scott uh, from from, this, from a pragmatic standpoint from you. Like, so let's just say that you lose that the you know you lose the appeal. What are you? What, do you have the funding to take it to the next court up? Do you not have that yet? Do you? What, what, what would happen for, in terms of uh, fighting? It? Yeah. So um, there is one more court after this one. There is the Court of Appeals, which is our highest court in New York State. That sits in Albany. Um, I I do, you know, as far as uh, funding, I've been doing this case pro bono um, since day one. So for a year and a half now, I've been um, doing the case pro bono with with um, no set funding. Um, I highly, uh, it, I welcome very and value very highly um, donations, and um, some people have been quite kind to, to do donations to this cause. I do have a donate button set up on my website, um, which is coxlawyers.com, C-O-X-lawyers.com, um, and I have a donate button right there on the home page. Um, UnitingNYS.com also has um, a donate button set up on the lawsuit webpage that they did there. So if anybody does want to contribute to the case, uh, it's much appreciated and they can go to either one of those websites and click on the donate button um, to help fund the case. But uh, yeah, it's it's pretty sad that, you know, We have tens of thousands of attorneys in New York State, and uh, you know there are. This is not the only reg that is completely unconstitutional. There are plenty of others, and uh, you know, unfortunately, I can't clone myself. If I could, or if there were more attorneys that would get involved, um, you know, it, we could we could really knock things out. We could really get things back where they belong, but. Um, there aren't there aren't that many attorneys in in New York State that are doing this kind of work. Well, it's funny you you mentioned that uh, well the, you know the government in New York State can just do whatever they want. My my, my sort of smart aleck response was you mean they aren't already? When did that stop? Uh, and so um, I mean good for you though for standing up. Them. I fled New York State myself a couple of years ago. But I lived there for you know for thirty years. Um, it, it's rough there. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Uh, I really appreciate it. And you are right. If more people see the reason I suspect more people are not doing it is because these it basically is not America. Uh, the government can do more or less whatever it wants to you. And so why would you put a target on it? I mean, it takes a lot of courage to put a target on your back. I could understand why some people might be reluctant. It's not just because they're slimy little, you know, sleeve bags, which some people are too. But there might be good, good, well-meaning people who say, you know what, I don't want to mess in with my kids. I don't want to mess in with my house. You know, I just don't want to take them on. Uh, so good for you. I commend you for uh, for what you're doing. Good for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, um, everybody needs to get involved. We, you know, we could, you know, keep bringing lawsuit after lawsuit, but that is not the way to handle what's going on in our state right now and what's going on in our country right now. The way to handle it is to change the leadership. That's what we need to do. Um, whether it's your, your county level government, whether it's your state level government, whether it's the federal government, 
uh, we need to clean house. Uh, we need to elect people that actually honor the Constitution. Um, and we need to do that right now. We need to, everybody has to get involved. I mean, you don't have to be an attorney and bring a lawsuit. You don't have to be a politician uh, and put your name on the lawsuit. You can be an everyday person and you can be helping. You can get involved with, with somebody's campaign who does follow the Constitution and is promoting the Constitution. Um, you can volunteer for for any of these organizations. There are a lot of organizations today, these grassroots organizations, these civic organizations that are fighting for our freedoms and are fighting for the Constitution. Um, get involved with them. Volunteer. Go to their meetings. Go to their fundraisers. Um, you can do something as simple as just going on the internet and posting or reposting things that, are, for example, I'm on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. I post something, repost it. Uh, I'm on Substack. I write an article once a week. And it, if you sign up, it automatically goes into your inbox. If you sign up at uh, substack.com and then you just type in my name, Bobby Ann Cox, and um, you sign up. It's free. And, you know, you get my email once a week with an article about what's going on in New York State, about the Constitution, about what are our rights and this and that. You know, repost that. Take the link and send it to your friends in an email chat or send it to your, your friends in a text chat or, you know, go on your social media and, and post the link. You know, this is the way people need to get involved because if you just sit back and just complain about it, nothing's going to change. We, we need every single New Yorker, every single American who cares about their freedom to get involved and do something. You don't have to spend all day doing it like I do. You don't have to be in the thick of it, you know, 10, 12 hours a day. It could, it could be five minutes a day of, of going online and reposting things um, that I post or sharing my article or, you know, even just talking to people about it. Say, hey, did you know Governor Hochul is up to? Did you hear about this Department of Health rule? You know, and talk about it. People don't want to believe that it's true. All they need to do is go on my website or go on unitingnys.com and click on the judge's decision from last year because it's right there in black and white. Um, but yeah, everybody does need to get involved. Absolutely, a hundred percent. And the last thing before I Diana, one more thing I want to uh, mention here is uh, the arrogance of the of New York State to give Miss Cox the answer they did when she challenged their law before it was overturned, saying, "Hey, how does once the state comes and captures and imprisons the person, how does the person get out?" They say, oh, well, you can just hire a lawyer and sue us. I mean, think about it this way. That means the citizen must pay for two attorneys, right? Because mm -hmm. the state doesn't, I mean, the states don't have any money. The states have the citizen's money. So the citizen, presuming that they're not taxpayer, pays, chips in for the government's attorney. Plus, they have to pay out of pocket for their own attorney. They have to pay for both attorneys. It's just it's uh, it's uh, just an incredibly arrogant statement for them to make. It's no different from hey, once after socialism or wokeism or whatever you want to call it takes away all my property, how do I get stuff from it? They say, oh, well, you can just ask for a program. That's the same as asking, well, you can come beg us for it. I mean, it's just it's incredibly arrogant. It has no respect for the liberties of the uh, of the individual citizen at all. And I just wanted to point that out to people. Really rub their nose in it in case they 
because there's a lot of information here. I just want to really point out that the government is way out of line to give an answer like that. Over to you, Diana. Yeah, they, they, they are. And I, I feel like if, if that happens, I mean, that's just going to break the chains to everything. People, you know, what else can they do? If they could do something like that and pass a regulation like that, what else are they going to be capable of? And that's the scary part. You know, I mean, they got rid of our religious exemption in 2019, um, you know, the adult vaccine database that they have, and just a multiple, multiple amount of draconian, crazy, unconstitutional bills that they have sitting in legislation now that are going to be up for vote. If they do something like this and they overpass just legislation and and just the fact that it's, you know, not being done through the correct channels, what else could they do? Do you know what I'm saying, Bobby? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The sky's the limit. If they get this power back, if the court says, nope, you can do it, no problem, and reverses the order from the lower court, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see agencies making whatever rules they want. They're going to think that they are not going to get stopped by the court, and they're just going to do what they want. And, you know, that's tyranny. When, when one branch of government takes a power that is not entitled to, it doesn't have the power. It's not given that power by the Constitution. When they take that mm-hmm. power and give it to themselves, that is the definition of tyranny. And that's what this is. This reg is a complete 100% totalitarian rule, and it, it's tyranny. And, you know, it was the absolute correct decision that the judge struck it down last summer. Um, And it's ridiculous that the attorney general is wasting your tax dollars to fight me on appeal. It's, It's an absolute disgrace. It's a waste of taxpayer resources. It's a waste of court resources. Um, it's despicable. It really is. And and I really do wish more New Yorkers knew about it because the mainstream media will not pick this story up. I've been doing this for a year and a half, this lawsuit. I've been talking out about it. I've done countless interviews, local radio shows, podcast interviews. Um, the, The mainstream media won't touch it. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe Fox news wrote one story on it. Um, but nobody else did. And it's, it's a disgrace. It's a total disgrace. If, if New Yorkers knew what was going on, I think the election would have turned out differently last November here in New York. Um, and if they knew what was going on now, I think a lot of New Yorkers would be up in arms. But it's, it's being, you know, it's flying under the radar. Yeah, You're I absolutely right like about people... the misspent energy. You're absolutely right. You and everybody else involved with this, uh, every, even people behind the scenes who are not in the courtroom, the people who, like, uh, passed around the memos, you know, when they were first thinking about this law and the people delivering it from one place to another and so forth, all these people who are just misspending their energy on this un- counterproductive, not just unproductive, counterproductive activity. If we just disbanded the whole thing, you could all go into something useful. I mean, what you're doing is useful, uh, Ms. Cox, because you're trying to stop it. But think about it. Like, your time is just, more, just being sucked into this little vortex of, of counterproductivity, and, and it's so true. I think Diana said she had some more questions from the audience. So I'll let her uh, let her get to it. Yeah, well, there's a few people on the switchboard, and I just want to remind you guys that if you want to ask a question, um, you have to raise your hand in order for me to unmute you. 
But yeah, I and that's just it. I mean, I, I know I, I thought that you were on Tucker Carlson though. Maybe I was misunderstanding, or maybe he just mentioned it on one of his shows. But I thought that you were on his show. So I no, I, maybe I was I was not. Okay, surprisingly, I mean, he kind of covered everything else. But yeah, I mean, I know Joe Rogan talked about it one time, and you know some of the other people that, that were censored, of course. You know, it, it was mentioned, but thing because I'm telling you this this changes everything if this happens. People won't have to worry about their Buffalo Bills football, you know, because I feel like people are so more concerned about what's going on with the you know the Buffalo Bills and football and you know nonsense when this type of stuff is going on. It, it just it, it literally infuriates me. You know, it's kind of like back in 2019 when they got rid of our religious exemption here and the 26,000 families that got affected. You know, we were forced to either homeschool or, um, you know, vaccinate our kids to send them back to school or or leave the state. And, you know, and, and we got made fun of and we got ridiculed and, oh, big deal, so what? It's just a religious exemption. Vaccinate your kids, send them back to school. Well, they took away a personal choice. They took away a personal freedom. And that's exactly what they're going to do here if this if this gets overturned. Yeah, attorneycorner.substack. Yeah. I just want to promote promote your website a little bit here, Ms. Cox, uh, a few times. So attorneycox.substack.com. You can also go to unitingnys.com uh, and learn about the lawsuit in which Ms. Cox is involved, the appeal. So just to bring everybody up to speed, if they have tuned in midstream, uh, Ms. Cox, working uh, on a volunteer basis uh, for a summoned by a few legislators uh, in the New York State Assembly, it sounds like, uh, has fought New York State on their uh, tyrannical legislation, stating that all they have to do is more, I'm just going to sum- summarize this. Basically, they just say the word COVID monster, and they can come take anybody they want and lock them up any place they want for any length of time and dictate their behavior while they have the person to whatever whim that they would like. Now, Ms. Cox won the suit against them. However, the state has appealed that decision. So that means that they could be overturned. The victory could be turned back into defeat uh, if this does not go well. And the court date is coming up on September 13th at 10 a.m. in Rochester, New York. Um, Over to you. Thanks for thanks for recapping. So, um, Bobby, I know that you're getting short on your time. Um, what you know for the people that are listening, and and a lot of people tune into the podcast after the fact and listen to it. If there's one thing that you can leave with us tonight, w- with this whole ordeal going on, and we'd love to have you back on on the show um, after the court date, if you'll agree to that. Um, you know, win or lose, we'd love to have you back on to to kind of, um, you know, go over what happened. But um, what would you, and I'm, and I'm planning on making the trip to Rochester, so, you know, we'll, we'll get to meet you. But uh, what is one thing that you would leave uh, with the listeners tonight in regards to this whole thing? So I think um, what I'd like people to really take away from this is uh, it is crucial that you get involved. Um, stay informed and and then share your information, your learning, and get involved. Actually do something. 
Um, you know, we need to restore balance in New York State. We have a supermajority right now of Democrats running the state in the New York State Senate, the New York State Assembly, both of those houses of our legislature are supermajority Democrat, which means they don't need even one Republican vote in order to pass a law. In fact, they don't even need the governor in order to pass a law, because if the governor vetoes one of the bills that they pass, they have the numbers to override her veto. So it is extremely dangerous when one party rules everything. And right now the Democrats are ruling the New York State Senate by supermajority, the New York State Assembly by supermajority. They have the governor's mansion. They have the attorney general's office. And look where we are. This has been going on for five years in New York. The New York State Senate used to be run by the Republicans up until five years ago. So we have one party rule. And I don't care what party's in, in domineering and in control, it doesn't matter to me whether it's Democrat or Republican, it's very dangerous because you're only hearing one side of the story. And so what needs to happen in New York State next year in 2024, all the New York State senators and all the New York State assembly members are up for reelection because they get elected every two years here in New York State. So we need to flip 11 seats in the New York State Senate from Democrat to Republican, and then the Republicans will again be in charge of the Senate. If we have Republicans in charge of the Senate and we have Democrats in charge of the Assembly, the two parties have to talk to each other and negotiate. If they want to get anything done, if they want to pass any sort of a bill into a law, they have to talk and negotiate. That's what we need. We need a balance of power restored. We cannot have one party rule continuing like this in New York State. It is, it is destroying the state. You know, the Democrats just passed in June, the end of session, because the legislative session in Albany runs from January until the first week of June. The Democrats, again, they don't even, they don't even need one Republican vote. The Democrats voted and passed um, a bill that was called Clean Slate. And what that does is after a few years, a criminal's record is wiped clean. So you can't see that they had a prior history. So, um, you know, they clearly are putting criminals above citizens in this state. Uh, you know, the quarantine regulation that I got struck down Obviously, you know, it treats criminals better than law-abiding citizens because that reg would allow the Department of Health to lock you up or lock you down with no proof that you have any sort of a sickness, whereas now with bail reform, which was passed in 2019 by the Democrats, with bail reform, you can commit a crime and then you can get arrested, you get booked, and then you get released automatically because, you know, bail is racist, according to the Democrats. So it, we, we've turned completely upside down. There's no logic in, in the laws that are being passed now in New York State because, because again, one party rule running rampant, and there's, and there's no check on them. There's no balance. There's no, there's no other side of the equation. They can do whatever they want. It is so dangerous. And people are fleeing, right? People are fleeing the state in record numbers. 
you know, in the past few years, I read something that said that we lost about four or 500,000 New York residents because people are sick and tired of, you know, these disgusting, horrific policies being passed by the Democrats in Albany. And um, last year in the gubernatorial election, Hochul only won by about 300,000 votes. So, you know, when you figure most of the people fleeing the state probably think like you and me because they're sick and tired of all this tyranny and all this control and all, you know, the, the craziness in Albany, they're fleeing the state. If they had stayed, you know, probably that election would have flipped the other way. If those 500,000 mm-hmm. people stayed and voted for Zeldin, then he would have won. You know, so so fleeing the state is not uh, the, the right answer because then we have nobody left to stay and fight. And if this stuff takes hold in New York State, it is just a matter of time before it spreads to other states. Time and again, we see things start in New York, and then they slowly spread to the other states. So we, we have yeah. to stop it here. We have to stop it here. If, if people yeah. are interested in getting involved to try and help flip the New York State Senate, um, you can go to unitingnys.com. And um, if you look on the website there, you search around, it says, like, take action or something like this. Um, and there are there's a list of the 11 closest seats from last year when there you know the senate was the senate was all elected and the assembly last year um and they're the closest 11 races in the new york state senate are listed if you live in one of those districts send an email to uniting nys um they have their website i'm sorry they have their email on the website um send an email to them and tell them you want to volunteer and get involved because, um, for example, one of those Democrats, I believe it was um, John Mannion, um, won his race for state Senate by 10 votes. So, wow. you know, we, we need to be, um, we need to have more people energized and willing to put in some, some time um, to help get these people elected, people that think like us and people that honor the Constitution. Uh, you know, we need to flip 11 seats in the New York State Senate so we can have a semblance of, of sanity. And, and, you know, and I'm not Republican, so it's not like I'm sitting here touting my party because I'm not Republican. Um, I'm a constitutionalist. And you need to have a balance of power if you want our Constitution to be upheld and you want it to work properly. So I, I do really encourage people to go to unitingnys.com um, and, and please get involved. Please get involved. It's the only way that we're going to reverse this this terrible trend that's going on in New York State. Yeah, and you know, you always hear. Oh, go ahead, Diana. Go oh. ahead. Okay, I just want to say that you always hear that They'll do it. They'll do it. They'll take care of it. Well, guess what? We are they. We are they. So go ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's there. It's the time to sit back and watch, you know, the show and, and eat popcorn uh, while you're watching everybody else, you know, run the show. That time has passed. No, no. Everybody has to roll up their sleeves and get involved. And you know what? If you're too busy, I get it. I get it. Life is very busy. If you're too busy to volunteer, 
uh, with either someone's campaign or with an organization or a grassroots group uh, or uniting NYS, you know, if you're too busy, then make a donation. You know, it doesn't have to be a huge donation. Make a donation to a cause. Uh, you know, donate to yep. the quarantine lawsuit. It's, I have a donate button right on my website, coxlawyers.com. Click on donate, make a donation. You want to donate to an organization? There are so many organizations doing great work to try and preserve the Constitution uh, and, and to make your life better. Go on the Internet, check it out. Um, UnitingNYS.com also has a donate button. They're doing fantastic work. They send out a, a weekly e-newsletter. If you sign up on their website, it's free. Um, and once a week, they send out a newsletter, and it tells you things that are going on in the state, um, and tries to keep you up on upcoming events um, around the state. So it's really educational. Um, oftentimes they will post one of my Substack articles on there. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot you can do. And if you, if you don't have time, make a donation. It, it, it helps. It goes a long way. Yeah, I mean, if 100 people made a $5 donation, you know, that, that helps out immensely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, without a doubt. So well, the Paul, clock has struck I'm sitting, and I want to be respectful of our guest, Bobby Ann Cox. She said she can stay till 8:40. So thank you so much for being here. I don't want to. I mean, you're welcome to stay, but I don't want to make you stay. Uh, so thank you so much for being on the show, and thank you for what you're doing. We're we're hoping that uh, we're helping to get the word out, and hopefully we can help you raise some money. Yes, yeah, I really do appreciate you having me on. And, um, yeah, what you're doing is great, you know, promoting the story, promoting the lawsuit and the appeal. I really appreciate it. And I would be happy to come on after we do the oral arguments um, September 13th. That would be great. Yeah, that'll be great. I'll make sure I touch base with Liz. And what's, what's really surreal to me, you know, and I, I just want to add this, is that we're literally talking about this stuff. I mean, it, it's almost like being in the twilight zone. <laughs> it's like, are we really talking about this stuff? Yeah, we really are. That's a scary thing. Yeah. That's, that's yep. it, it's really unbelievable. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ms. Cox. We'll talk to you after your hearing, after the hearing, and best wishes, best of luck. Yes, thank, thank you, you so much. So- Anybody that's in the Rochester area and would like to come, um, it's September 13th, 10 a.m. Um, at the Appellate Division in downtown Rochester. So um, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thanks so much. So, Paul, are you there? Well, I'm here. Uh, so what do you think about that? <laughs> I, think, I think I'm glad I left New York State. Uh, <laughs> I think that's wonderful what she's doing. Because one of the questions I was going to ask her was about, uh, first I was going to point out the thing about the citizen pays for both lawyers, and then I asked her, was she being, because she said she was summoned by some legislators, but she paid out of public funds or private funds. She said she's doing it, you know, basically for the same reason you and I are, are involved, which is just voluntary. The, the pay that she wants, is, you know, lower taxes and more liberty and things like that. And that's more or less what I'm after, too. Uh, and that's what yeah. Diane is doing, too. I'm, we're not in this to be rich, you know, famous media personalities. We're, I just want a better country in which to live, a better world in which to live. And I, I'll be happy to do it this way. I write my books. I have my website at paldayton.us, 
where, by the way, people can go and catch episodes of this show, D&P, uh, along with other shows and articles that I've written, uh, which have lots of good information. Uh, Diana has her website at uh, thegoodwithin.hopehealth.com. Diana, what's your website? Yeah, I always forget it too. I'm going to pull it up because I did want to mention that I had um I had quite a few orders last week because we were talking, you know, about the chemtrails and you know uh, the aluminum that's in the chemtrails and the heavy metals and that, and um then there were quite a few orders and it, there is just one thing that aside from like ivermectin and vitamin C and things that you should have in your medicine cabinet and that's definitely the zeolite you know, because it does help chelate those heavy metals. So you could go to hopehealth.thegoodinside.com. And um, I was I was talking to somebody today. They were like, oh, you know, it's, it's going to get harder now. Winter's coming. It's harder now to get fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, and, and not to mention they're exuberantly expensive. I mean, at Whole Foods today, I paid four bucks for a container of, you know, organic salad mix. It's like, my God, you know, I'm glad that I don't, you know, I'm <laughs> just glad I don't eat a lot, right? But uh, so you can go and there's a super green juice, it's called, and it's it's a plethora of a whole bunch of different greens, spirulina, flaxseed. You'd have to go and you can check out the ingredients, um, fruits and vegetables in there. So for those of us that are lazy and don't want to prepare a salad, you know, I'll just take a scoop of that in the morning and you know, I know that I got some good nutrition in my body. It's also really good to have as backup, you know, and, and for people that are, you know, preppers or emergency food supply, um, go on and, and, and order some of that stuff for yourself. So you could see, again, the website is hopehealth.thegoodinside.com, and I'll be sure that I take um, that, and I'm going to post it on the Facebook page right now so, so that it's available for people to see. Very cool. And people can get a free book by going to my website, pauldayton.us, and there's a little contact me button. If you just send me uh, your address to mail you the book and mention the show, I'll be happy to send you one free of charge, and you will not get put on a mailing list. It will not be the worst mistake you ever made. You will not get a 1,000 uh, junk mail uh, emails or regular mails. or anything. Nothing else will happen. You'll get a book for free, and that'll be it. Uh, so if you want a free book, uh, just give me a business and uh, mention the show. Yeah, you mean like when you sign up on one of those Facebook ads? Oh, my God, you just get spammed to death with stuff. I made the mistake of doing that, you know, just poking around and punched my email into one of them. I was like, oh, my Lord, stop, you know, totally insane. So, um, And so I want to talk a little bit about uh, something that, that, Bob, that Ms. Cox uh, brought up. We talked about well, what can you do about it? And in so many words, she said uh, what I will say, which is you can make it politically unprofitable for them to do what they're doing, right? That not only means voting on election day, but it also means, like, if you take part in a public opinion poll, whether it's on the Internet or somebody calls your phone or or website or whatever it is, if you take part, those, those polls, those public opinion polls, I suspect, are very weighty. In fact, perhaps even more weighty than actually case, well, cumulatively have more weight than actually casting your vote on election day because mm-hmm. the person's in office years and not only are they the thing that their behavior so a bunch of them are just professional celebrities they'll just do whatever they'll move whichever way the wind blows in terms of whatever their publicist or they call the campaign manager tells them is popular mm-hmm. or unpopular 
So when you respond to a public opinion poll about any, any, any issue that you like, I mean, that's the way you could get involved. You can get involved that way, make it, make it clear this is unpopular, and maybe they just won't do it in the first place. Uh, when they come up with a mask, not only don't wear it, but, like, make fun of the politicians, right? Like, make it clear, like, oh, no, this kind, not only for the person holding office, but for the person who might seek that office. Even if they're just opportunists, even if they're just slime balls, they'll see, like, oh, that kind of tactic is ineffective, so let's stop doing that. Uh, this is a way that anybody could get involved that doesn't require standing around holding cardboard signs, does not require, like, going to, to meetings you don't want to go to or running for office. It doesn't, you, don't have, you don't have to do any of that. This is a way you could get involved easily uh, on your own time, at your own pace, that could really make a difference. And I just want to, uh, again, give another uh, quotation here. This is from uh, another man in China, uh, which says this. Uh, the fate of Marxism is like that of many schools of thought. Some of its ideals have been used by rulers as a pretext for enslaving people, end quote. Isn't that precisely what's happening with this whole COVID monster thing, right? Everything Ms. Cox said, well, in New York State, they said that uh, treating people like equals, irrespective of the color of their skin with the bail, was racist. Huh, right? They just give you a falsehood. So they say, for in the name of equality, what we have to do is be derelict in one of our three legitimate functions, that is, establish and protect borders, number one. Number two, coin and regulate money. Number three, to, uh, to, meet, to establish a, a way for, to mediate disputes, that is, the court system. What we're going to do is we're going to stop protecting the law-abiding citizens from those who are not lawful. We will stop providing deterrence to unlawful activity with punishment. And instead, we're going to basically un uncage the animals and unleash them out on the good people in the name of equality. In California, shoplifting, they, even if you take them to court, they will not convict them. It's basically, it's basically it, there is no law against stealing. As long as the person from whom you're stealing has a storefront, you may, you may help yourself. You may take the food out of the store owner's mouth in the name of, of feeding yourself. And these are the ways this is the way that they're enslaving people. Again, the COVID monster, right? Hey, we're here to protect you. You have to give up your rights to us in the name of equality. And that's Ms. Cox comes on and says, whoa, whoa, you see what they tried to split past the goalie over here? They passed a law stating that we'll come and imprison you whenever we like for no reason, with no trial, no attorney, no jury, no nothing, no, 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 no way to get out. We're just going to take you and lock you up, throw away the key, and there's no rules for how we treat you. Um, it's just, yeah. uh, it's, it's really true. The, the equality, equality of liberty is the antithesis of the object of every so-called equality movement. That's been true for out, throughout history. Over to you, Diana. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's, it's just unbelievable. And if people fall for this again, um, just honestly, just stay home forever because, you know, you shouldn't be out in the general public if you really believe that, you know, you're going to die from COVID now. It's just insane. You know, the tests are fake. All of that's been proven. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting few weeks. And, you know, I'm I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with this lawsuit more than anything. I'll tell you. <laughs> There's another reason. Well, one, one of the most glaring things I think about this this whole timing of of the really ramping up the COVID monster fiction again 
it's just in time to ramp up the presidential election season. Like it's, it's so clearly done on cue. It, it, it's like bring the band back and bring them out one more time, see if we can get to bring the act on stage and, and sort of pull one over on the public one more time. It's so flagrantly obvious. I mean, if people don't, every single piece of it, like it happened once, you weren't sure it was happening the first time, fine. That happened, it was over, the dust settled, everybody knows for sure. I mean, the things that we've been saying, the shutdowns are the virus. It has cost hundreds of, by now, probably millions of life years. Like that is, for every amount of income that you reduce on a person willfully by, say, putting them out of work by mandating that product that nobody can go to work, when you inflict unemployment upon a person, it reduces their life expectancy based on real life from actual from actuarial tables used by life insurance companies. Do they know for sure we're going to die? No. Are they in the business of losing money? Absolutely not. These people know what they're doing. When you so yeah. anyway, when you impose uh, unemployment onto a person, you reduce their life expectancy by a certain amount for every you know month or, or however, however many you do. So six months you did this much damage. Nine months you did even more damage, and so forth. And what's more, that goes down. So if that person has children, uh, those children, their life expectancy now goes down. Because, number one, obviously there's less money in the house, less likely to eat and have adequate heat and electricity and so forth. But what's more, in the lower-income houses, it has been shown that incidence of child abuse increased, which, which, of, which, of course, lowers the life expectancy for the child. So not only in the immediate term does it put them at the risk of, of child abuse, increased risk of child abuse, but also, of course, takes the years off their life. This is important for two right. reasons. Number one, the shutdowns are the virus. They are causing much more human life than the actual COVID monster itself. If you actually care about saving lives and helping defenseless people, you stand up to the COVID monster shutdown. You don't comply with this nonsense. Number two, and this is the politically, this is the politically profitable sort of angle of it, which is the bill doesn't come due. It's, it's more subtle and less obvious, right, than when somebody dies today, when there's a mother holding, you know, their infant, like the one, the five infants out of, uh, out of, out of five million who could die from the COVID virus, the freak cases. I says, oh, my baby died, and she's crying and sobbing, and that's on the front page of the paper in the news. The politicians are running and scared, you know, they're defecating in their pants when that happens. But, hey, listen, they're going to die. We are harming that child. We are harming that mother. They are going to die sooner. We are making their lives worse. But it's murky in terms of, you know, when they die at the age of 61 instead of 64, we'll say, they'll never be able to pin it on us. So we'll never pay mm-hmm. the bill. They'll pay, the citizen pays the bill. The politician doesn't pay the bill for that. And that's a very important reason that this, this whole thing uh, – it's not going to be politically unprofitable until people sort of get hip to what we're saying and stand up to it and say, and say, no, over to you. Yeah, I agree. And one of the most disturbing things about that whole bill that, you know, when we were listening to her speak was that it does, it's not just kids. It's, or it's not just to do that. It's kids too. You know, I mean, that's insane. That's just, I don't know, man. But it be it's going to be an interesting lawsuit. That's for sure. Just have to hopefully pray that you know that it doesn't go you know against her favor. But I, I was just kind of flipping through. Not to change gears because we only have one or two minutes left here. But I was flipping through my emails. They're literally advertising Halloween stuff already. 
You know, when I was in the store the other day, they had all the Halloween stuff out. I'm like, really? It's only August 22nd or 23rd. Why are we doing Halloween already? I feel like they well, just because rush it. people will buy it. It's probably, it's probably because they think people will buy it. But I mean, not to give like a sort of an obvious answer, but there are people, Diana, who who just love that kind of a thing. Like they'll decorate their house with that kind of stuff like year round. Like they're into it. There, there are some people who are just uh, that's it. I mean, uh, so but I mean, what is your gripe? Like you feel like they're they're uh, passing over Thanksgiving and sort of skipping the Halloween. Yeah. I mean, it's still summer until September 20th, you know? <laughs> I mean, I just feel like they, I don't know. I feel like time just goes by so fast, and that's just rushing it even more. But that's just my soapbox for the day. <laughs> You're not the only one who feels that way. A lot of people, uh, especially people who are more shoppers, like I wouldn't have known that if you didn't say anything, because uh, I do very little. I'm not a big shopper. But uh, there are people like that. Yeah, they, they bitch that they're, you know, oh, there's Christmas stuff already. Uh, sometimes I'll notice something like that. I think one time I, especially I'll tell you what, here's, here's a geographical difference. If you, the listener out there, are, are listening, I mean, Diana is in a place where it snows for six months every, it's winter for six months every year, Buffalo, New York. I mean, it's snow, I mean it's not just like a little, not just a dusting of snow either. Like you get a foot or two feet of snow. Like, you know, not every single time it snows, but frequently, like for six months, and it's dark out all day, and it's gray. And so I understand why you're in no hurry for the winter, right? Like, forget the – keep it out of sight, out of mind for as long as possible. And people who are listening in Wisconsin or, or other areas where there's a lot of snow in the winter, maybe you'd feel differently than somebody. In a, like, since I moved out of Buffalo, like, you're right, but I just – there isn't, like, that – that 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 muscle memory, that, that 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 something in the back of your mind is just like, oh yeah, winter, that sucks. <laughs> so I guess I don't blame you for being wary of uh, of the six months of of awfulness. Well, soon enough you'll be hearing that announcement that I will be leaving here too. So doesn't mean I'll stop fighting for New York, of course, but you know we're going to be branching our show off into a whole bunch of different areas, aren't we? So. They can catch all of our episodes on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Freedomizer Radio, Blog Talk Radio. Of course, check out our Facebook page, which is growing by the day, which I'm glad to see. And um, and we're getting there, Paul. We're getting there. So We are. I'm going have- to plug our guest, if you don't mind, our guest, uh, Ms. Cox, who people heard on before, the attorney who is uh, involved with the lawsuit against New York State fighting up for the rights of citizens. As she points out, she does not want it to metastasize out to the other states and really uh, embed this kind of cancer nationwide. So people can learn more and donate uh, to the cause. She is working for free uh, to unitingnyf.com, or they can go to Cox, C-O-X, CoxLawyers.com. Uh, they also have her on Substack. Where did I do with that? Attorneycox.substack.com. And, of course, you can hear this episode and other stuff at my website, paulzayton.us. Over to you. Yeah, great. So um, we have Proof Negative radio show on next. Um, he's going to be – I'm sure that he'll be talking about the uh, the mask since he owns the rights to Barefaces Legal. So I'm sure that he's going to be bringing that up too. So tune in uh, for him next. 
Paul. It was always a pleasure. And next week, I think you're going to be flying solo because I have something next Thursday night. So um, everybody should tune into Paul next week and just behave yourself. I'll do my best, listeners. You've been warned. Uh, next week will be I'll be will be no Diana here, so uh, you'll be in for uh, just just to, and I, well me, and we'll see what else we have. I'll probably have a lot of personal finance stuff for you. I'll probably have some history stuff for you, and um, yeah. it'll definitely be a good time. You definitely learn something. And so yeah, tune yeah. us next week and every week. Like Diana said, check us out on iHeart all the time whenever you want to, and whatever you do out there, just remember. You can you can be involved without actually being involved. You can be involved by answering public opinion polls. You can be involved by speaking with your friends. You can be involved by um, uh, spreading the word. You know yourself just by by sharing an article. You don't have to engage with people. You don't have to argue. You, know, you just say here here's an article. Let people read it if they want to. Uh, you can be part of the solution without having to feel like it's going to uh, engulf your life. And it's really uh, that's kind of what we're here for. We're here to help. So we're and we're glad that you all listening are uh, interested in doing your part as well. So I'll let Diana take us off the air, and we'll see you all next week. Yep, everybody can do a little bit of something. And um, the following week, I think we're going to have that dual finance show. So I'm looking forward to that. Everybody, have a good night. Have a good there. And uh, Paul, I'll be talking to you on the other side. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs>